This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Buck Sexton Show. Vince, good to have you back, my friend. What's going on? It's so great to be here. Oh, not that much. Just a pretty basic week in Washington. Yeah, there's oh, some stuff I, happening. There's, there's, there's some things that we can discuss. You know, the people yeah, are doing the stuff. Uh, let's start with this uh, this piece you've got on the Daily Caller right now. I, I think it's your, I don't know if it's your lead, or it's certainly one of the bigger pieces on the front page. Never Trump Republicans shocked they can't find jobs in Trump's White House. Now, I am in favor of... The smartest, best, most experienced people possible getting very important jobs in government. Mm -hmm. However, there are a lot of people that I think fall into those categories of very smart and capable and can do these government jobs. It is one thing, and maybe this will sound self-serving because I'm kind of describing myself. It is one thing to have backed another candidate in the primary. It is one thing to have stood aside and been like, I'm not going to support Trump, but um, it's not my thing. But to say, to sign your name, to say you will never, ever, ever support Donald Trump or take part in his administration, to put that out there publicly and to sign your name to it, and then to say, well, you know, it seems kind of unfair. I'm not getting a White House job under the Trump administration. Ah, are people serious? Uh, I I thought never Trump meant never Trump. Yeah, no, you're right. And I don't think think that there's a massive uh, upswell of those people. Uh, who are now chastened by the experience, who are just clamoring to get jobs. Of course, you know, Washington runs like this where, you know, you want to have access, you want to make money, you want to be useful, especially if you're sort of if you're a Republican. And for a lot of these guys, thanks to a combination of polling and the national press, they sort of thought that they were betting on the safe bet, which is that Hillary Clinton will be president. There seems to be some, I think, I think some papers were predicting like 98% chance that Hillary Clinton would win the election. So for them, it wasn't that much of a risk at all. I'm, I'm never Trump. Oh, look, by virtue of the fact I'm, the country agrees with me, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, that didn't come true. And so as a result, a lot of people who bet on the wrong side of that equation are now basically outside of politics because they're sort of not useful now to serve a Trump administration, clearly. You know, you at one point, you had 122 supposed Republican national security leaders who said that they were committing themselves to, quote, working energetically to prevent the election of someone so utterly unfitted to the office. It's pretty hard to come back from that when that's the severity of your statement, and it doesn't sound like a lot of them are even attempting to. They know that they've been chastened by this. They're going to have to sit it out for the next 48 years. Right. I also think that, especially in the national security realm, there are a lot of very senior former officials who figure – Hillary is pragmatic enough and centrist enough on foreign policy. And it really is a a product of the uh, having been secretary of state. But even before that, when she was in the Senate, was trying to align herself with the foreign policy establishment, the establishment, the the smart people on foreign policy. I think some former officials, even from Republican administrations, and that's where you get some of these never Trump Republicans signing. And this is not the never Trump journalists. I'm talking about never Trump government officials, right? The national security right. people that are saying, well, we, you know, we don't think he's fit and we don't want to work for him and we don't think that he should get the job. 
this to me is kind of like, well, if you resign from an administration because you thought it was abusing its power right before an election and then that administration won re-election, I don't think you get to show up and say, I know I resigned on principle before, but I mean, times have changed, guys. Well, you know, the posture of especially the never Trump Republicans was always kind of curious to me because they started so early on that they were just going to be outright opposed to the guy no matter what. And my view on this was if you think that he's actually politically inexperienced, which he clearly is, or, or policy inexperienced, or has an experience in policy, why not try and influence somebody who seems to be a likely contender for the office? And as it went on, it became more and more clear that he was going to become the nominee. And ultimately, as it went on and he got a, was elected president, I, I just always thought that anybody who had a disagreement with Donald Trump over his policies should have been just trying to inform the guy, be like, look, he's uneducated in this particular area. Let's educate him. There's a body of research that our think tank has produced, for instance. Why not put it in front of him or attempt to influence him in a positive direction? And there were just a lot of there was just a lot of sort of um, public displays of distaste rather than attempts at trying to inform the guy. I can just speak from my own perspective on this. If the Trump administration wanted me to come in at a senior level at the NSC or something along those lines, which this is not going to happen, it's like saying, you know, if I get drafted in the NFL. But I'm just pointing out, I would do it because I think that they need people that can do the job and know what the heck they're doing and talking about in the government. It's still our government, whether people like Trump or not. Right. This is the mechanism of executive power that is going to be in place. So but I was never, never Trump and I wasn't a Trumper either. But those who signed their name to this, I think especially those who thought maybe they would get in to a Clinton administration, even as former Republican, you know, they're people that make the crossover. Gates, uh, I'm not sure if Hayden technically, I think he was just under Bush. But there have been some people that are kept over administrations. Maybe maybe uh, we'll have to see what happens with, with um, some of the picks that they currently have going through uh, in the Senate. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. I also wanted to, uh, to ask you about the coverage of the inauguration. Uh, do you think there's going to be a lot of do you think there's going to be a lot of shenanigans? Is stuff going to get out of hand? Is it going to get violent? There's some early reporting of it, but I wonder if it's just more hyperventilating about nothing. I'm not sure it's totally hyperventilating, especially because some of the plain protesters are calling themselves anarchists. I mean, these guys are not coming in to foment sort of peaceful debate. This is I mean, there's genuinely people who've already they don't want to give a lecture on the mall about Jeffersonian democracy. I'm shocked. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. No, they're, they're already, they've already promised lawlessness. And as a result, it doesn't take that many people committing lawlessness to cause some chaos. And that includes plans to supposedly block the ingress routes into Washington, D.C. Um, you know, if you've ever gone to D.C., uh, you'll know that there are a couple places where, I mean, just bridges across the Potomac that would be easy pinch points to create a lot of havoc and traffic. And those guys have already suggested that they have some intention of doing that. Um, I think, yeah, you lie down in a few choice places on the beltway, uh, as you know, Vince, and, and you'd bring DC in terms of traffic and movement to its knees. Yeah. And it's already happened. I mean, we saw black lives matter protesters cross three ninety five a couple of years ago and create havoc, uh, just by virtue of, of doing a traffic protest, which was crippling. So it could happen. And I think the national, you know, the secret services and fires is a national security event. They're running security for the entire city, then working with all the agencies, and they're going to do their best to ensure the various levels of security from everything from the, you know, the, pre- the dignitaries who are there, the president-elect, of course, um, and then beyond that, the people who are inside the security perimeter and attending the, the inauguration. And then outside of that, who knows? It's very difficult to, 
to stop someone from creating a bit of chaos. Our hope is, of course, that um, things go really smoothly. But there are people that are hoping to detract from this and and people who are very upset about the election of Donald Trump. You at The Daily Caller are but a few blocks away from the White House. I've very, uh, very kindly been taken through your office. You guys are right there. So I I know that you are going to feel whatever's happening down in the inauguration down in D.C. for all of this. You'll be right in the thick of it. Are are you following any groups in particular or is there anything that's that's, uh, especially troubling about some of the reporting you guys are seeing about what's going to happen on inauguration? Only, like I said, only the the, the anarchist groups have heard rumors of things like you know cementing their arms in PVC pipes to make sure that they can create human barriers, but just ridiculous things. Um, you know, we've got the women's march that happens the day after the inauguration that we've been paying attention to. One of the more interesting storylines from that is that there was actually a pro-life feminist group who was signed on as a participating member of this women's march. Well, they've been booted now because they're pro-life. The group has decided that no pro-life women are actually permitted to identify with this march on Washington, which is the most hilarious, exclusive thing that could possibly happen for a group that's supposed to be inclusive, and that's what they're supposedly marching for. But no, you can't be pro-life and be a part of a women's march on Washington, apparently. So if you are uh, someone who believes you're a woman and are transitioning, you're welcome at the women's march. But if you are a woman who is pro-life, you are not welcome at the women's march. Women's Definitely. march, really. Yeah, um, you've got to be. Should... You've got to identify as. You've got to identify as a woman, and you've got to support abortion. Those are the, them's the rules. Follow them. Also, want to ask you about the inaug- I mean, the uh, confirmation uh, fights that some say are looming right now. Are any of these? Uh, we've got what um, Betsy DeVos, Representative Tom Price, and Steve mm-hmm. Mnuchin. Uh, are any of these you think going to get particularly contentious? I don't think I, I mean, the most contentious hearings that we sort of predicted were the ones that took place last week. And those Rex Tillerson and Jeff Sessions, these other names, you know, especially given the fact that Republicans had run the table here and don't and won't really have a problem uh, getting the votes to get anybody through. It seems like whatever flourishes we're going to see inside the nomination uh, hearing isn't really not going to change the outcome. All these guys, I think we'll make it through. The question mark that I had was on Rex Tillerson because Marco Rubio was expressing his distaste with him. But Rubio, who we still don't know how he's going to vote, would need to get the support of two other Republicans in order to stop the tiebreak vote from Mike Pence, right? So he would have had to get somebody like Lindsey Graham and John McCain. Well, in the last 24 hours, John McCain has said that he's leaning towards Rex Tillerson now. So it seems unlikely that even Tillerson's going to be stopped, and he was the most likely to face problems if Marco Rubio could 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 marshal some support against him, and it, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Anything else you're working on in the Daily Caller you want to direct people to? Just giving Vince the floor here in the Freedom Hut. Sure, of course. It's tonight from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. If you uh, want to jump on, on Facebook and check out the Daily Caller's Facebook page, we are going to be running – Facebook live interviews with a ton of great guests because we're uh, uh, getting ready for the inauguration. We're sort of having a welcome to Washington event this evening. And in the process, uh, we'll be speaking to a bunch of people. Um, let me see here. I'm pulling up my list right now. I, of, of the confirmed guests, you know, the Heritage Foundation is, is really involved in writing, is going to be involved, I think, in writing many of the country's policies going forward. Because, again, like I said, there's sort of a policy that Senator Jim DeMint runs the Heritage Foundation. And he'll be sitting with us live. The 
head of the House Freedom Caucus will be sitting with us, Representative Mark Meadows. Can they keep government limited in the age of Trump? We'll be asking him. Uh, Roger Stone, of course, the infamous Roger Stone, he'll be sitting with us as well and, t- and talking. Foster Freeze, he's a Republican mega donor and one of Trump's biggest supporters. And then uh, we may have some surprise guests from the inauguration and the Trump administration. We're still working out some of the details. But from 7 to 10 p.m. tonight on Facebook, check out the Daily Caller's Facebook page. I promise it'll be interesting. And we'll ask very Daily Caller-esque questions. Vince, how, by the way, we've been asking, I know I like to say Colionese because, you know, it's that's the Italian pronunciation. How do you say right. your name? I'm sorry. Well, the family says it Colonnese. I know we say it incorrectly, but we've all sort of just said Colonnese throughout the years. So that's the one we go by. That's our, okay, colonnades. From now on, we'll do col- we'll do colonnades until you tell me that. This is the way we filter out telemarketers, actually. There you go. All right. <laughs> Vince Colonnades of The Daily Caller. Great to have you, sir. He's the executive editor there. Check out the latest at dailycaller.com. Vince, have a, uh, a safe and enjoyable inauguration. Talk to you soon. It's going to be great. Thanks, Buck. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 